See? So are but, we, we're not talking about sex anymore? No, we we still are. What we're is there's gas? What kind of what kind of shit are you into? So bro? welcome everybody <laughs> to the Faking Nose podcast. podcast. Where we podcast about faking stuff. So this is a very big episode, um, which I will say before every episode. Because oh, every time fuck. I see you is a big episode. No, no, no. I'm just, I was like, what are we talking about? And today? now you know what we're talking and about. And I remember what we're talking about. Uh, uh, so what's what's happened recently? No, no. <laughs> I was trying to think of something yeah, that I was wasn't to think big. Something funny too. <laughs> but uh, it's early, everybody. But wait, wait, what wait, time is it? Because we did last time was a super late, exhausted recording. Yeah. And this time's a super early. Let's say, because if we say 9 a.m., everyone's going to laugh at us. No, so it's 9 a.m., guys. It's 5 a.m. No. Uh, we, you know, we're, we hit the gym no, at 3.30. I think people listening, listening know they're musicians. They get it. See, everyone dumps on, like, considering <laughs> this an early morning. But when you're up late working or yeah. up late yeah. hanging out, yeah. uh, it's okay. <laughs> Look, okay, so people, creative people have different hours than people that work nine to fives. You're like, right. you, you you know how you like to go to the club sometimes on Tuesday just because? And you know the people that make that possible? Like, Trevor and me? Like, yeah. that's our work. Like, we don't start work until 8 p.m. And then we get off. So it's like how how is this more normal? You know, we hours? we just put on our ashless chaps one leg at a time, like everyone else. Mm, but, I I haven't done that. Well, I've never done. What's that. it like? Okay, That's, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we <laughs> Who, who's we? <laughs> so speaking of ashless chaps, oh yeah, uh, you played a pretty big show uh, this past yeah, weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Why don't you yeah. why don't you talk about that? All right, yeah. So uh, you remember that the pre- uh, not the previous episode, but the Previous, previous episode, it was like the Nam survival guy. The pre-previous. Pre-previous. So there was a moment where Trevor's talking to one of his uh, long-lost friends from undergrad. Brian. And Brian. And um, I'm, like, I'm like in the background like, hold on, guys. I got I to take this. I got to take this. And you're like, it's, it's for a gig. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. It was for this gig. It's for It was for the Grammys. I got called to do the Grammys with... Uh, with Ariana Grande. Who? Where? What? Yeah, Ariana okay. Grande at, at Staples Center. And I also then later that week I was like on a I was on a date or whatever. And so we're it was like a brunch date. So we had been h- hanging out all afternoon, driving her back to her place. Um and all of a sudden, like at a red light, I get a call from this like number that I don't recognize. And so I answered it and they were like, hey, you want to come through and do another? Do, like this afternoon to come do a <laughs> recording? I was like, I thought, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. Can I get my viola first? Yeah, to which you so. were like, okay. So you open the center console, he hits that eject button, shoots the Oh yeah, she's out. out. <laughs> But it's precise. It's just, it was just an omelet. Yeah. And then and call like, me later. He pulls on his black mask. He, he he gets into the phone booth, changes it, put on his big V Superman. Oh yeah. His TVK Superman outfit. It's skin tight. It's baby. tight. Assless chaps. Yeah. And he runs in there as a viola. I don't want to commit you know, to assless chaps, Trevor. I don't. I really. I appreciate the comedy. I, I know. I assume man. it's on Amazon. I just don't want to imagine myself. In my superhero costume, oh, without uh, assless ch- with assless chaps, that's just, that's not. So now that's that's in not the what comes to my brain. Of all of our listeners. God. <laughs> well, Speaking of that, so anyway. you got this. You got two Grammy gigs. Yeah, played the Grammys for two people same night. If you had if you had <sighs> played lot, two more with two more ensembles, you'd have been the Billie Eilish Billie. Of, <laughs> of Grammy gigs of Grammy gigs, dude. I mean. So it's just, I I don't, I haven't gotten like that much better as a player to where uh, I feel like I wasn't ready to do it and now I am ready. It's just kind of like a weird time thing. And that it just happens. That just kind of happens. Like, it's not any measure of like uh, auditioning because I've been getting a lot of questions about it. Like people, did you audition for it? <laughs> uh, I'm just sorry. Like, I'm not laughing at, at, at the audience. No, no, no. This no, is no. a very like valid question. Like, how do these things happen? 
But it's all just connections. If you're around and you can do the job, then that's, that's the thing. Yeah, the it's like this is if you're around, you can do the here. job. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the guy dancing next to me, uh, you know, he's a dancer, you know. How'd he get that call? He was in the right place. He'd probably been doing it for right a while. Right place, right time. It's that's all. That's all it is. So I don't oh, want. Oh no! 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 Shiloh just He's just he just lit. Mm. Wait, that makes I sense. Now I understand sense. what. I mean, people are always posting pictures of their pets and they spend so much time with their pets. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a pet. So all the time that people spend with pets, I spend time working. And that's why I'm crazy. <laughs> that's why I'm crazy and like antisocial. It's because like, I don't I don't socialize with anybody except myself until Dude, about I 7 like, p.m. I, I talk to this, I have conversations with them. This is so healthy. This is so healthy, like this podcast, though. I don't really get to, to talk to people like Well, this. I bet if we listen back to the earliest episodes, the single-digit episodes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like the Lost Tapes, except mm-hmm. uh, you can find them on uh, wherever <laughs> right. you get your podcast. iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Uh, Spotify, Pod, Pod, uh, Podcast know. app. Yeah, yeah, Apple Podcasts. But, um, Be sure the, to leave five stars. One of the, only, only five stars to, to hear the conversation. But you, we, that was one of the main things we talked about was just the real benefit of just being able to actually talk to people because we don't, like in LA, you don't have to talk to anyone because you're in a car. Mm-hmm. That's and true. I think that's a perk of being You're here. so isolated here. It's, it's, yeah, it's like you get into one car by yourself among a bunch of people in cars by themselves. You go to a job where you go to your, your, your desk by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you leave and you're surrounded by sunshine and delicious food. And you go to Skid Row by yourself. You know, tap your vein, inject yourself with heroin by yourself. By yourself. And life goes on. And then yeah. it turns out you're a Juilliard trained musician by yourself. Uh-huh. Who had uh severe mental issues and conditions. And then by yourself, and then it turns out that Robert Downey Jr. sees you on the side of the road by yourself and uh, a movie later, you're a soloist and you win Oscars by yourself. And, Did you ever see that movie? And then you wake really up good. Jamie Foxx being really Jamie Foxx. I haven't seen it's it. It's actually really good. Everybody talks to me well, about well, it. Well, it's though. been a while. It's weird because, you know, that was a forever ago. It's one yeah, of those movies that was ago. huge at its time and like yeah. it's like completely fallen off the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. But it's actually like really well done. Ow. He is so rambunctious. Like he keeps destroying our conversations. We're like getting to like yeah. It's like we're we're trying to have a good conversation, and then he's just like, "Nah, I'm gonna pee on the floor. I'll bite you." Is this the, so is now, this the new gimmick? Is this like this nah, season? Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like the whenever Shiloh. we're gonna get to something of of value to to our listeners. I need I need to record this. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Okay, <laughs> keep doing this. See, as soon as I pull my phone out, see, Shiloh is an Instagram yeah, thought. He, he knows. knows we're going to get receipts. And he knows he's like, he's like, I can't look bad on camera. Don't this dog attention. was on his shoulders, biting his ears. We're not attention. making. Okay. I know. I know we, we're faking those podcasts. <laughs> I know we make jokes. I know we exaggerate and take it to the next level. And say this, things you probably don't like. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't really care about that that much. But. This dog was legit on his shoulders and biting his ear. He's standing on the shoulder, shoulders of like a giant. boa constrictor that bites. Hey. Okay. Anyway, uh, we were talking about the Grammys. I'm going to stop myself from talking too much and in, in too much detail because I want to act like I've been here before. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. And I, I, I don't want to disclose things that may have been sensitive. So we'll, let's just we'll keep it general. I'll, I'll keep it super general. So like, um, we were we were getting off stage. I'll tell the story about how I found about found out about Kobe. Let's hear it. Um, so we had just it was like eleven thirty, 
and uh, we were finishing up with the 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 run of the show with Ariana, and so we're going back. It's we're not supposed to have phones. Whenever mm-hmm. we're working with Ariana, whenever we're in her, her vicinity. Well, they don't want any. No, any yeah, to get no, out. it's a no phone. And I take that shit seriously. Yeah, I don't, you want to get the call back. It's not too. even that. I think it's disrespectful. Particularly if they're asking for it, they're requesting They're asking for, for that, and you still have the nerve to have your phone and you're taking pictures. I just, the thing is, is like, when you have 172 million followers, that's a level of celebrity that, you you just don't get to. Live I mean, you a can understand life. it because it's pretty close to your current. Reality. I no, my life ain't like hers, dude. I can go to. I can. I go. You're telling I'm me a you go out and eat, and you're not just swarmed. No, I don't. No, believe that. I no. I, I look. Okay, so I'm I'm swarmed by the ladies, but they don't even, they don't know about me yet. You know, they they gonna learn. You know, I got five stars. Some things five, five stars. stars. Would yeah. Michelin stars, but <laughs> no, but for real, it's like, I think that the amount, I'm just trying to have em- empathy for the amount of anxiety it can be to just like leave your house and when you're that famous, right? And to not be safe. I mean, what yeah. are we, two two or three years from Ariana Grande, like having a terrorist attack at one of her concerts? How does that not mess yeah. you up? That your whole job is to provide entertainment uh, and you end up fans. hurting, not and then, hurting people. Well, yeah, right. yeah, not hurting, but like someone would do something at your event. Opportunistically. You're just making music. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. To hurt people. She handled that really well. She handled it incredibly. Incredibly. Well. incredibly. And what, what I mean to say is, so if they have rules in place where, you know, you're not supposed to have phones, I don't have my phone. Mm-hmm. So that being said, we get back to the green room and I'm looking at my phone for the first time. Mm. And I, I I look at a couple things. I, I was like, uh, my friend Tom actually was. I was just trying to reply to messages. He's like, oh, Kobe's dead. I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, like get the fuck out. No, he's like, no, no, no. I was like, I was like, dude, check check Twitter. He's like, this is ESPN. Fuck. Cause you texted me. I was yeah. I texted you. I was teaching a lesson, and I was like, something's gone wrong. Cause my phone kept vibrating, and when I'm teaching uh-huh. a student like that, I yeah. don't want to be disrespectful. I want to show yeah. them that they have my attention. And I'm like, what's going on? Because my dad called, my sister called, and you uh-huh. texted me. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, did you hear about uh, Kobe? Just, and then I, I was like, what? Looked it up. I was like, yeah. shit. So yeah. I can imagine. And so where where are the Grammys? Just to, for Staples Center. So I was at Staples Center, like his 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 home. Mm-hmm. You know what his I mean? church. His church. Uh, and it was so funny. It wasn't funny, actually. It was so interesting and unexpected. But in the Staples Center, they had two of his jerseys, eight and 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were huge jerseys, and they had mm. them lit up. Ah, up in, up in the rafters. It was just... And, and it, it was crazy because, um, you know, this is like the biggest night in music, quote unquote. So you had the who's who... So I'm up in one of the box seats. I'm looking down and look. I see Lil Nas X in like this hot pink. Oh my <laughs> his god! Hot I love pink that. Get up. You can see you out of everybody. You always knew where Lil Nas was. Dude, it that's was great. Brilliant. That's genius, dude. I love that brilliant. outfit. He's just. I'm here. This yeah, he he this handled is me. it. I saw uh, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen. Fucking love them. Um, I saw them from the. But what was crazy was like it's a televised event that needs to start on time. Mm-hmm. But everybody's just talking and they're hugging, and and they're they're having they're having a moment, and so it gets to be about like seven minutes before showtime, and nobody's in their seat. Everybody's talking, oh. and so like it's like, look, guys, get in your seats. Like they had to kind of like crack the whip. It's like we'll talk. I know, I know, I know, but we got to get this. Sh- we got to get the show moving. So uh, it was just it was such a very different energy uh it was hard to enjoy the evening completely well plus because you were you were at work and not only one performer you had two things to worry mm-hmm. about yeah. and because they're called separately so yeah from what i can tell it's not like there's one big 
Grammy contractor and everything's organized like you might think of like a school production. Well, if you're on this ensemble, you go to this ensemble mm-hmm. or there's there's not a system. These are all kind of independently organized and contracted, which means you're dealing with completely two separate beasts, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's it a is, lot simultaneously. It is, it is, especially when it comes to rehearsals. But, you know, God willing, dude, like, and I'm, I'm not like a super preachy but everything just moved as elegantly as it possibly could have been um for the fact that it was all so last minute like i didn't have any conflicts with with rehearsals i didn't really have any conflicts with rehearsal times or even run of the show because it could have been that i was con trying to be contracted for two acts that were right after each other and i wouldn't have had time to switch wardrobe i wouldn't have had time to uh you know get from point a to point b so. What's nice is is also seeing all those the videos online because mm-hmm. they're two big acts. Mm-hmm. It's easy to find, and I didn't know about her, one of the acts you mm-hmm. played with, mm-hmm. and that was consistently rated as one of like the top performances of the evening. Oh. Everyone was talking about her, and it made sense because I watched the video, it's... and I'm like, "That's your boy." Oh, but dancing. also, do you yeah. dance? Do you look good? Thank you. You look like you. like you've done choreography before. Stage choreo. I used I used to dance, man, like way like a long time ago. Like my mom was a dancer, so like I was I used to do dance videos. I used to uh, try to copy like in sync and shit. I used mm-hmm. to do um, I used to do break dancing when I was a teenager. I think how that's paid off. I mean, even if you know, you know you're not you don't keep it up. It's, been a it's still some there. It's, you, you're not up there like most musicians. And think about, you know, why do you get that call? And like now that you've done it, it's like, oh, he can be he can be on stage. He can be a stage musician. Yeah. Uh, you know, these looks just aren't for the pit. You know? <sighs> Put him out on stage, dude. These are he's got staple Center looks, bro. I honestly, and that's so funny because I, I was called to do the the recording for it, and then at the recording they were like, "Do you want to do the show?" I wasn't even supposed to do it. So, you know, wow, that's, that's exercising, cool. working. So that was, that felt really good. It matters. I mean, particularly yeah. out here, but just in general, you know, like how you present yourself, how you can uh, transition yourself into doing these, these types of gigs, should you mm-hmm. be interested, uh, a lot more goes into it. It is the whole package, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, more so here, art. because we've met a lot of, through you, a lot of string players, a lot of musicians who come from non-traditional backgrounds or are doing these more indie routes, songwriter routes, bringing mm-hmm. in their string instruments, starting bands, playing in backup groups. Mm-hmm. And often there's something more to it. I never read their bio and it's just straight string playing, straight classical music ever. Yeah. They've, they're coming in and they're, they're treating themselves similar to these these pop celebrities where it's you're you're getting the package mm-hmm. that includes the look that includes how you present yourself mm-hmm. includes the aesthetic what mm-hmm. you're wearing the tattoos mm-hmm. and while there's there's always downsides of some like marketability thing there's also upsides in that these people are seeing full package things that i think i wouldn't have considered coming in from music school which is music 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 art you know network network present your portfolio of music, 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 art. And there it's, it's like, wait, oh, you dance? Oh, you also record? Oh, you also sing? Oh, mm. you used to play hockey? Like, whatever it is, mm. I'll give LA credit. It seems to find a way to make your different skills useful. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not the, even if for some people, even if you're not the best at it, mm-hmm. they they find a way to make it useful. And it's, it's the nice distinguishing factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Kudos to you and and everyone else out there. Uh, this is one of the things we keep preaching is, you know, get, be interested, mm-hmm. get good at other things, non-music, and that can actually help your music career. It 100% will. I want to um, also address the pejorative mindset that people tend to take when it comes to marketing. Mm-hmm. And I think marketing gets a bad rap because it has bad actors that, that destroy platforms because they don't know what they're doing. But marketing in and of itself is about storytelling. That's all it is. It's storytelling. And so if you learn to be your authentic self and storytell, it's not really marketing anymore. It's just you telling your story. It's you being you. 
in front of other people, which is what we do on a daily basis. But it, you have to learn how to be unafraid of channeling your authentic self and unafraid of the negative repercussions that may come from it. And I think that's where a lot of uh, classical music falls behind is, is that it, it tries to fit into this tiny mold where like you, you have these performers whom all, all they really need to do to look good, at least on the male side, is put on all black. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's so like, hard, it's true. It's so hard. It's so hard. But it's wearing black. But but see out here, like, I'm learning as I'm trying to become my own artist, as I'm trying to become my own actual musician instead of just a nameless, faceless violist in the back of an orchestra. I, I, I need to cultivate a nice image. I need to, if I want people to take me seriously, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in business, whether it's in uh, whatever aspect of my life, if I want people to take me seriously, I have to prove that I take myself seriously. And if I exercise, if I look good, if I, if I work out, if I eat healthy, if I develop better habits, if I build more skills, if I'm always learning and growing, that makes my business better. That makes my marketing better. That makes me better. And it's it's not ever in a vacuum. And so I try to explain this to people, but people just they they don't really they don't really understand it. And I, I have trouble articulating it. It's yeah. I mean, I love everything about this. So listeners, uh rewind. <laughs> like re re-listen to that. Also pause. Uh five stars um, for that comment, you know. Tell us how many times you listened to that last segment. And it's it's true, particularly, it's nice being out here and that we have to see it because we're absorbed in it. We see the negative sides of the marketing. We see also like the positive sides. And and I 100% agree, like if, if focusing on you, whatever that may be, well, if you yourself are the artist, mm-hmm. that's what you are. You know, if your art is you, mm-hmm. it comes from you, your mm-hmm. music, your performances, whatever you do, if you make you better, if you make you more interesting, if you make you more diverse, if you make you have a six pack, <laughs> you know, and like a little slow tan, like you're gonna be in a better, better position um, to to go out and and do things. Like people, like think of people who have, you know, charisma, who have that look, who. Mm-hmm command respect who are out there doing things it's not always look it's not purely you know how attractive you are or how you dress but there's almost always something about you and i think by investing time and energy into figuring what that is and it's not really a front while yes there are benefits uh with like our bad snacks episode uh to creating like an artist persona that Mm -hmm. is external there are some some benefits to that and that you can you can feel more comfortable, you know, when you're on stage, being really extroverted, being mm-hmm. really out there or going for it. Like there's there's perks of that to fulfill a character to where you can retreat to your more quiet, reserved self at home. Mm-hmm. But if it's all still within the framework of you, if it's if you really just it's you extended mm-hmm. or you plus, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a big win because you can still be your authentic self, whatever it is you want to be, you can transition through life however you want because then your fan base, and I've talked about this with you, one of the benefits of you is it's 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 not like everyone's going to come complain and want the same old previous tunes. If they're invested in the artist, not the artist's product, mm-hmm. you can change. Mm-hmm. It's how you can be a dump truck influencer oh, and yet yeah. people would follow you. Yeah, man. I- I think yeah the the core of yourself and I think that we change over time and that's uh, a big one yeah and people don't really realize that like I I'm not the same nerdy kid that was desperate for attention desperate for validation desperate for people to take him fucking seriously because that's what I was for most of my life nobody really gave a damn about me nobody really paid attention to me as a violist, like a lot of people didn't believe that I could do it. They really didn't. And oh, I believe that. I, I just, 
I, I don't blame him. I was a kid. Like I didn't really, I wasn't the most disciplined all the time, but I clearly had passion for it and then did put in enough work to, you know, the, getting in Juilliard. So, yeah. Juilliard and Grammys. There you go. I mean, even with mine, yeah. like I never felt destined to work in music or really had interest. It wasn't from the, the parents, but it was just curiosity that led me mm-hmm. down there. And who knows if it could have gone in any other way. But isn't there it's nice value, to be here. Isn't yeah. there value in believing in yourself, though? Like, mm-hmm. see, like, it doesn't matter if you, if other people don't see it for you. Do you see it for you? I mean, to some degree, you have to have that. 100%. And it's what everyone else, all these other artists talk about. It's, it's true. It's that weird dichotomy of you're both the harshest critic of yourself, but also you need to be your biggest hype man mm-hmm. to to believe you can do it while also knowing all the problems and how hard that's going to be. And then it's just that battle and seeing who's going to win because like deep down, even though, yeah. you know, there's there's been a lot of failure and all that thing, all those things that go in with that, the confidence that you can still deliver. And that's at least what I have, even for something I know I, have never done, like say a film comes in and it's, and it's like, okay, I haven't done this type of music. I'm confident that I can, that I can deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does that come from? I don't know. Pa- maybe past experience of fulfilling it. Also past experience of failing at it mm-hmm. and learning from it. But it is such a weird thing. I wanted to shift back specifically to the marketing mm-hmm. um, aspect that you were bringing up. And... One way to either, because I'm st- still not great at it, I haven't executed a lot of the things we've talked about on the pod, but I still think it's really valuable it's to, to not, I still feel musicians, they talk about it in an icky sense, particularly in classical music. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. It's a dirty word. Uh, they dread talking about themselves. And I get that. But <laughs> it's it's the, the framing of it. It's like maybe for comfort, you know, change the word from marketing to something else. But what you're doing is you're providing an opportunity for other people to know you. Yeah. You're inviting an opportunity to have conversations. Mm-hmm. I won't name any of them, but I just have a list of people who are ridiculously good at what they do. They don't communicate it. You know, if a mu- if a musician falls in the woods, no, oh, yeah, exactly. does anyone <laughs> hire them to play the grand? <laughs> and the answer is no. Uh. Like because you're present, you can get that call. Mm-hmm. If someone could, if they had an equal checklist of skills, they had danced before, they have a nice haircut, they play viola really well in tune, good personality, can actually really play in tune for the recording. Uh, uh, dude, that's all you got. Like, that's all like, you need, All these like, checklists. Like, if they had the that's same skill set, but they were just not out there, mm-hmm. are they getting that call? No. Absolutely not. No. Unless... Some, no one's going to stumble upon you. Like, the sea is too crowded. So instead of me, instead of, like, marketing where it's, like, you kind of begging people to be in your orbit, it's an opportunity. To be in the orbit. Yeah, or it's not even that. It's, like, it's I'm an scared. opportunity for you. If, if you believe in if you believe in your art or yourself, even, yeah. even if it's not fully, to some degree, this is how you're, you're sharing things. Literally, you just define my my... Not psychosis, but... <laughs> this is one of those things where we yeah. listen back like 20 episodes and then all I did was just say the thing you told me. No, 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 <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you this. Um, but no, that's that's the mindset I had is like, of course I didn't think that I was that good of a violist when I was just starting my Instagram thing. I didn't even know if I would get into Juilliard, man. Mm-hmm. And I publicly said, let's... We're going to try. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, that's, that's so old. That's so, but, but see, that's how fucking desperate I was to tell my story. That's how desperate I was to have a voice. That was how desperate I was to be a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't want... I wanted to control my narrative. I felt like my entire life, other people's opinions controlled my narrative. But just like journaling, just like blogging, just like anything else that we've developed over the the course of human civilization. I wanted something that was like, that could prove that I was here. It's a shareable journal. It's a shareable journal. That's all I saw it as. And then it turned into something crazy, not overnight, 
But oh my it, god, it took, no, it took, it took years. years. It took years, bro. And it's still there's still people who start now and are way bigger than me now because mm-hmm. they they th- this thing has been formed now. Like people are on the internet now. Like it's when when we when I was making content, people still thought it was weird that I did it on Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, and like now it turns out years later, like that's the biggest music platform. That's where it, I just got lucky. I, I I saw something, and it actually came true. It reminded me of just briefly when we were at Nam and we bumped into Chloe Trevor, oh know, a fellow Trevor, yeah. also and it was neat shout see, hearing hearing you two interact. Uh, also to see you. Talk to another Trevor. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, I also met another Trevor last night who's actually super cute. And she's a girl, man. Girl Trevor? Girl Trevor. So that's two girl Trevors to one boy Trevor. And one frog Trevor from uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. But um, <laughs> Trevor! I'm at Trevor. That, was, that was a niche Trevor. reference, but it hit me. Niche reference. But it's true. What was <laughs> it was interesting is is bumping into YouTube or seeing you to interact. Because I... I was confused because I couldn't remember. It's like, have I actually met her? Because I've yeah. just heard the name so many times. Yeah. And of course, seeing the socials and seeing interactions, yeah. I was like, no way to actually have it. But to hear y'all talk about the timing of getting on the platform, what you've done with it, starting yeah. up festivals, going out, speaking about it, yeah. where it's a new avenue and we just didn't know, you didn't know where it was going to go because no. it just hadn't been done before. It hadn't been done. We know how classical music typically is going to work. Mm. Get good play solos, get good orchestra job. Like that yeah. model hasn't changed drastically, oh, yeah. except it's harder to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's all that's changed is the odds getting harder because the skill level is getting harder. But it's that's at least a known template. Doing this alternative method isn't known. And I think it's paid off in that if anything else, you have documentation of what you've done in your journey. You have a reminder. It's not a blur. When you get when you get to the top, it's not sitting there like, well, oh, how did how did this happen? You know, like forgetting the struggles, what you had to do, being able to convey that, like your students, your family, whatever, they can see the journey that only originally happened for big time people, mm-hmm. celebrities. Like no one else had that uh, to be simultaneously public and retaining a record of your journey, unless you were a a Kobe Bryant. Or yeah, someone, and people or someone are already who's paying a celebrity. attention. Well, you're yeah. being paid attention, and you're you're at the top. Like his life is documented, mm-hmm. and now almost every everyone's life is documented. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. The one thing that I really want people to understand, though, especially musicians in the space, is that this is not. This is 2020. This is not 2013. Your being on Instagram or YouTube or any social media platform and putting content out doesn't make you special. So the fact that you're just doing it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. And the number one thing that you really need to figure out is what is that? What is your shtick? Not not in a negative pejorative, because that also yeah. has a pejorative. Not in a gimmick. Not yeah, in a what, gimmick but way. But what is what's you? But what's what unique? is you? What what's unique to me is that every single day I like try to record stuff and I'm interrupted by a fucking ice cream truck. <laughs> so what I've what what I've decided to do is maybe start a segment of ice cream truck watch where like when it's going by I say what song are they playing today and then maybe using that as content maybe using that as a way to like let's do a cover of this ice cream tr- I sampled an ice cream truck sound there you go and then I made a beat right you a like, new daily beat of literally right there are ways that you can use the things in your life that are unique to you or just goofy doesn't matter how big or small, but then blow them, blow them up to out of out of proportion. And nowadays, particularly, and that's how you tell. A story. I don't know. I know less about like the Instagram front on the YouTube front. Like my favorite things are all these weird things, and mm-hmm. it actually gives me hope mm-hmm. for the world to just see how clever, quirky, and weird people are out there who are mm-hmm. sinking in tons of time mm-hmm. into the stupidest things, mm-hmm. like you know, B movie, and every time they say B, 
it gets faster. Or yeah, Shrek, yeah. and every time they take a step, it gets faster. Mm-hmm. Or, or Star Wars, and every time they shoot a laser, it plays the theme of this. Pew, pew. Yeah, or, or, yeah like, like these just really dumb things. Or uh, Aladdin, yeah. A New World, but every time they say new, it, it switches to the remake of Aladdin. Uh, <laughs> like there's uh, things like this that are insane, dumb, and funny, and they get tons of views, and as they should, it's... It's it's clever. It's finding who you. One of the things that shocked me, and I'm curious to say to you since you know about this, that I see. I mean, people. I'm sure they come to you and they they kind of like lionize and idolize this influencer life because it's a thing. A lot of kids, and it's true, since I've taught them in middle school, it is true that a lot of them like this. They look up to this. As a model, it's not just a ABC nightly news, you know, these kids mm-hmm. these days. No, there's a fair amount who are staying completely off social media who realize it's dangerous. And there's still a lot who, now that this is a model of success, mm-hmm. quotations, and streaming, and gaming, and doing all this, and people are making money with it, that a lot of kids are wanting to do this. And not even just the kids, adults, mm-hmm. boomers, millennials. Mm-hmm. And now I've seen... It's kind of like weird thing where I've got old high school classmates doing the their like their their Instagram handles suddenly shift to acting just like influencers where they have like a hundred followers. Mm-hmm. And so they do the same hashtags, the same campaign things. Mm-hmm. They're selling things on Amazon. They're going mm-hmm. out and it, you know, it's they're hustling, they're learning. Their life. They're learning. But the weird thing is is that they're just replicating the exact models of those. Mm-hmm. There's nothing special mm-hmm. about it. And so it's that weird. It's like I'm both proud that they're doing something mm-hmm. because for some of them, they're, they're stuck. They have they don't have the opportunity to leave and live somewhere else like I have mm-hmm. um, for a variety of reasons. They're there. So it's hard. They're out there trying to sell things or work things and like live a better life. But one of the problems is... is is it's a little weird it's to see someone if you are acting like an influencer and just doing all the influencer things that are the very normal like a stock influencer stock mm-hmm. mommy blogger mm-hmm. but yet you have like no followers and is it that weird i'm wondering if that works if it's a if it's a true fake it till you make it and or find your way to that like how you did it was it like a light a light switch suddenly it's the immediate amount of hashtags. It's it's I'm launching this campaign. It's this immediate story. Or is it more organic over time to where you come into that thing where it's like, now I have this platform. Now I want to drive more views. Basically, do you evolve into the influencer? Is that what you did? I'm going to I'm gonna take this in a few parts. First of all, I don't think what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think the imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Um but and it's how you learn. So you imitate. You make, and they're they're making things. They're putting them out there. They're learning the skills. That's why I don't want to like There's critique so much. too much. Because yeah, it's good that they're that's doing. That's good. But they will not grow because exactly. uh, they're not asking themselves the fundamental questions, or maybe they are, and they're just learning. And you're seeing them at the beginning stages. Why would you follow you? Would you follow you? Well, it'd be easy because I wouldn't have to see me because I don't post. Well, it- <laughs> But that's a great. Would you follow you because Chloe no. Trevor already exists? Mm-hmm. So and I this have to is, change this my is, name. Let me let me run let me run. <laughs> that's what. Let me run it back. So Chloe Trevor was probably one of the like one of the very very first to mm-hmm. unlock Instagram for classical music, for real. And I give her shine like one hundred fifty percent. Like when I was thinking about Journey, when I downloaded. Instagram, September 29th, 2013, at my mom's master's graduation, sitting next to my best friend Joshua Names. The first first post that I ever did was the first day that I ever downloaded Instagram. And it's literally my my college best friend Joshua Names is sitting right next to me. And it's a selfie, a a down angle selfie. I don't know anything about photography. Got the Got five chins. I'm like, hey, well, my mom graduated. You know, that's the thing. And if you look, I kept a lot of those early pictures. I didn't know a thing about photography, didn't know about Instagram, but I was doing the thing. And then 
I just one day went to a conference and saw and saw Gary Vaynerchuk and he fucked oh, my whole life oh, up. Shit. And I bought his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. I read that book as I was going and auditioning for these college, for these uh, grad schools. I read his book. He said, you need to have a story. I was like, okay, Journey to Juilliard. That's where I got the idea from so Gary great. Vaynerchuk. So then I started doing it and... It, among all of these things, among reading the book, learning about hashtags, learning about how to use hashtags, I discovered Chloe and I saw she was already doing the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I I saw she was posting videos, people were receiving that. So I was like, I'm gonna post videos. I met Mark Bassett who lives out here in LA now. I saw his videos, he had a thousand followers. He was making these dope Zelda covers with like mm -hmm. multiple versions of himself. I yeah. was like, this is crazy. Before that was like, Easy, like an app to do. Like yes, he was manually. No, he was doing. Yeah, he. Jesus. No, he was. He's an animal, um, and so I was just so blown away by all these people, and so I tried doing some of the things that they were doing, but I always had in the back of my mind they're already doing it. So how can I do it a little differently? And that's the question people don't know to ask themselves. They may have. They may want to be an influencer, but an influencer of what? An mm -hmm. influencer. In what capacity? Do you have principles? Do you have guidelines? Do you have things that you stand for? And that's what makes you more interesting and can allow you to occupy a space that's already saturated and still have a, a, a place in, in, in that niche. Because no one is more you than you. Yeah. And you're unique. I just keep saying the word you. Also, you, renewed for season three on Netflix, sponsor the show, you. I'm going to kill you. You better watch this shit. <laughs> that show, that's what? something else I actually watch. It's like it's like a drug. Like I, It's like I it's so know. bad, but it knows it's bad. Oh, okay. you don't, don't watch it. I it it know knows it's it. bad, but it has so many just like little twists and turns and just like dumb things that you just can't look away. It's, it's, it's like The Bachelor for uh, Serial oh, Killers. Wow. It's great. Dude, then, then we should watch it and then make parodies of it. Oh my God. It's so, I love all the memes already. But to, back to uh, valuable content for you. Um, absolutely. Like finding it, you, like you are, there's always something unique about you and special. And while it might take time, you have to experiment to see how you can get that in there. But I think, why I don't want, why I feel conflicted in the mind is that I do not want to knock any of these people who are going out and starting it. Then and they're learning. Yeah. And because that, like, the imitation, replication, there's a reason why a lot of the influencers or big names out there, why they do similar things. They do the same types of calls to action. The camera angles look the same. They do, it's because it works. That's also standard, the marketing. Standard, and everyone, yeah. <laughs> everyone, uh, individually thinks that they're like immune to marketing. They're like, oh, that ad, I'd never buy that. There's a reason why ads are the way they are. Oh, it's because they work. It's they work. Yeah. And everyone thinks that they're immune to it. No, they're not. I bought Dr. Squatch manly soap. <laughs> I stopped you. Yeah. The, the, the detergent that hurt when they said, like, hurt your, your body and your sperm count. I was like, oh, shit, now I got to get yeah. off this old spice. Shit. So I, I'm using the black tar. It's actually pretty dope. See, like it, it's nice. This stuff. It's a level up. I can't. It's complain. a level up. I can't complain. Look, it I'm works. surrounded by so many Apple products. I uh. can't. I can't dump on marketing. Like it. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. But to both go out there, imitate, try is good. But still finding it's you because if you are generic influencer, generic mommy blogger, just going through your life and your life. And, but you're imitating someone else's life. Mm -hmm. That's not super useful. No. If you can try out pooling the tools that they use, that could be potentially useful. That can grow. It's just, for me, it's this weird, uh, just confusing thing in my mind to where I see it's, it's, it's acting like there's a massive following. There's some call for it. And doing the things you do when you're on top that when you have 20 people, it's a different story. It's, it's mm -hmm. jumping to the end of the rope. No company would do that. Any startup company does not act like a Fortune 500 company when they're starting mm -hmm. up. You do different moves when you're growing than when you're on top. And maybe that's the way to think. Because if you're an influencer, it's kind of both you and it's it's a business. Any startup, they keep it small. They're flexible. They adapt. They mm -hmm. change. They try things. They take a lot more risk. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Bigger companies aren't running around taking risks. The Ford company isn't taking risks. No. Other the than two, money, the yeah. Nazis. Uh, but like the, they're not doing risk. These new startups, they can take risks because yeah. there's less there's less at stake. Mm-hmm. There's not billions of dollars. There's not millions of employees. Sir, have you been reading Seth Godin by any chance? No, but I need to. Dude, Is that what he's Disney, talking about that's now? That's what he talks about all the time. He talks about in Purple Cow. I'm reading Tribes right now. There's no Purple Cow. And I've listened. Yeah. I've always listened to his interviews whenever yeah. he finishes one. Okay, yeah, this is some so, Seth Godin shit, man. No, I'm about it. I word. agree. I agree. Word. I agree. And I, I think that when you are small, you can be a little bit more daring. You can always be daring. Fuck it, man. Why does why does why do people's well, opinions matter? Well, that's how it naturally. Why do people's opinions matter? You know, at the end of the day. Fuck you, listeners. And that that Five was stars. if I listened to people's opinions. Oh no, you. I wouldn't have, have. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it because. <laughs> well, I haven't taken as much. People made fun risk of me, man. Of, yeah, I haven't taken <laughs> as much risk of you because you've done it. But for instance, like this podcast, like I get funny looks. Oh, and you if they do, listen man. To it, well, I know. Of course, they're not going to say like Trevor. What are you doing? But because I haven't gone out. You know, it'd be out of in quote oh, parentheses characters. Man. Like I just I know, and that's okay. What? And I'm no, I actually don't blame them. Like on its face, you on should. its surface, they probably should be like, "What are you doing?" No, no, but no, they should. Think, Those are people who are could. ignorant to the landscape and the fact that podcasts are the future. All I'm saying is like I'm not blaming them to like the gut reaction. Oh, Anytime okay. you do something different or out of the ordinary, particularly when it's an unknown, like a podcast, like Instagram. You're, you, it's like I almost expect to get those those quirky looks, the like weird thing, like, wait, why are you doing this? Because it's just not part of the typical path. Uh, you know what gets but, you, the, you know the typical, typical path gets you? A typical life. <laughs> Probably <laughs> poverty. Yeah. Poverty, uh, you're, you're automated out of, usefulness and it, it happened it happened during the industrial revolution it's happening again so i think that if you don't try new things if you don't continue to learn if you don't keep growing you're you're just you're giving your agency to the sands of time and, and to whatever may happen and i just i don't know the the caveman in me is kind of like okay look dude it may be comfortable now but that's assuming it's going to stay comfortable. You need to stay hard. You need to stay malleable. You need to continue to keep growing because the world isn't static. People aren't static. Governments aren't static. Countries aren't static. They've only been that way because of the United Nations and because we've had a horrific World War II and nuclear wars. And even now, I knew there ha- we had to somehow sneak Gotta get in back to nuclear war, baby! Everybody, we're gonna die! Nuclear! But, but I'll, I'll even say, like, directly, this, doing this, has improved the life. And not just by having the platform, or but the experience of doing conversations. And I have a direct example from earlier in this week. <clears throat> so there's a... So I was a happy recipient of a grant... Congratulations, bro. Uh, I got a forever ago. I just have to finish the piece. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> but but the, this organization, New Music USA, which is one of the big ones for composers, they, they give out a lot of the funding. Every year, everyone's going for these project grants. It can be anything, and it's supporting the artists, it's commission fees, it's recordings, and it's huge. And I was just happy. I had a, an awesome proposal of a piece that I need to write. <laughs> um, but you know they're they're giving me money, and so they got a new CEO. She's inspirational. She's incredible, and they came out to LA <clears throat> to just have a kind of talk back with the company. And so I got a message. I went and attended. I had I haven't gone to many classical events out here, particularly things like this. Everything is still in the New York hub, and all these other cities, even a city as big as Los Angeles, has this weird and classical music land. It's the shadow of New York, just because so much is there, so much funding is there. Even mm-hmm. for this organization, 50% of their money comes from the New York State. Or not, 50% of the money for this giant project grant fund. Mm-hmm. And so they have to give a lot of that to New York. It's That money is earmarked for New Yorkers. It's from New York. It's paid out by taxes from New Yorkers. And But they, they came out and had an event. And I haven't been here that long, so I don't know the dynamics. But it was held down at Disney Hall. And 
it's just going to be a little meeting where they were going to talk about the new directions of the company, see how what they can do to help us, like what to do. And it was probably one of the best businessy community type meetings I'd ever been to when in regards to that. It wasn't just them running through, you know, going through the motions like, oh, we need to do this. It, it looks good. It's the right thing to do. They came there, the board member, the new CEO, <clears throat> and had actual conversations, you know, had us break down into small groups and have conversations like look at to give feedback on how it's currently done. What can they do better ideas for the future? What can they do to support the community? And it was all genuine and just run really well. And, and I didn't know, and it seemed like no one else knew what was going in there. Cause I've only been in a year and a half. I'm just not attached to the community directly here. Like some of these other people. And in that room was like all the power players of classical music, like the, the, CEO, the president of the LA Master Chorale, president of this LA uh, Los Angeles Chambers Orchestra, this orchestra, that orchestra. I was just surrounded by. And so you were serving hors d'oeuvres, like yeah. What, so I was walking, <laughs> but so it's all these like it's all these. How did you get in the same room? Bro. That's why. That's why. Are I was you confused. holding out on me? Are you so, holding out on so, me? Like you- <laughs> so that's why I was so confused. I walked in there, and and everyone else actually kind of looked confused too. They weren't, and people commented on. They're like, oh wow, like <laughs> everyone was kind of shocked. Other people showed up to this. Because it's a small, there were maybe 60 of us in there. Maybe. Not even uh, 50 or so people in this in this little room. And it's just a great conversation. And even that, they did the go around the room and introduce yourself. And I was like, I'm t- one of the things I think this podcast has done is at least boost the confidence and help realign the focus of what I want to do. Talk for money. <laughs> Talk for money. It, but actually, <laughs> so it gets to my turn. So people, you know, they, they'd be like, hi, I'm the, the director of this. They, And she wanted, you know, just your name. And then like, what, what you know, what, what interests you now? Or like, what's your project? And so that people go around, you know, they talk about their organization, their big thing. And it comes to me. And I was just like, you know, hi, I'm Trevor. I'm going to compose or whatever. And my goal is to just have uh, conversations and collaborations. And like, that's, that's it. I was just like, I just want to have meaningful conversations and collaborations and it goes around the room and what it winds up doing we break down the small groups and with important people i'm leading the small group because i was just like i said out loud that my whole goal is to have these conversations and to bring voice to things and discuss it i don't think i would have done that without this podcast i'm in my small group with important people i led the small group mm-hmm. the ceo comes over i'm the one talking when it's time to present our ideas to the whole group i'm talking to this room of 60 people and it's with confidence and with less fillers than on this podcast but i i tried to just emulate both that i'm like listening to this group but helping them guide this also it's a little easier in classical music because everyone's uncomfortable ah. so like they they they're <laughs> and we're true. all in shirt because we all are from yeah. different places and we kind of have heard of each other but no one there other than the people who've been in a long term really know each other particularly me but from i can just directly point to this podcast and how we've had hours of documented conversations that are both fun, meaningful, occasionally, and anything else there to that I'm standing up in this room of the people who give me money, the CEOs of these things, and all the power players of LA classical music. And I'm standing up talking and telling them things and then telling them my ideas and trying to both thread the needle to not be not saying things just to hear myself talk not saying things to sound impressive, but to just genuinely be able to bring up uh, like what what I think could help, um, how to move forward. And it was a lot of people there. It was just a great conversation. And then it was so odd because then people came up to me after. Mm-hmm. And that just that's just never how it's been. Hmm. I've never had people come up to me. Hmm. And particularly like these types how of people. How does that feel? I mean, it felt good. It felt like, okay, like, I didn't do this wrong. Mm-hmm. Into the degree of, because I really wanted to thread the line of, like, I just want to exude <clears throat> confidence and competence, mm-hmm. but while still being vulnerable. I'm not coming in there with cockiness uh, and arrogance, because I didn't have the solutions, and so I didn't stand up there and tell the organization. Well, I probably cracked a joke. Like, oh, we've solved, the, we've solved it. Mm-hmm. We just need you to raise tons of more money. <laughs> you know, like, it's, but to yeah. give them actual... No, dude, humor is Value. so humor. Oh yeah, is, I always led every everything, led, man. Yeah, led with the joke. Uh, oh yeah, I, I and I forgot. So before, um, 
I even said my name. I was just like, a, I was like, yeah, I just moved here. Um, re- still recent from New York because a lot of other people had too. We're all mm-hmm. in the end. Everyone in LA is a New York expat. But I was just like, you know, thank you for uh, making it here and surviving our brutal LA winter. Because it was 72 degrees uh-huh. in freaking January. Uh-huh. But yeah, humor wins. But I, I think one of the things I've just tried to do is not just be a better speaker. And it doesn't always come across as podcast because we're keeping it loose. We're keeping it fun. Yeah. But when it when it really matters to to come out there and take pause and try to do the things that are make you a better communicator while also being a better listener. Mm-hmm. So that I wanted to make sure that when someone else in that small group, regardless of who they are, mm-hmm. regardless of their experience, if they were one of the bigger names or someone like me, a composer getting out there, that I actually listen to them. Not listening to them to make a response or to try to frame it in a way that made me sound smarter. But it's like, okay, she said something. It's a great idea. Like acknowledge that. Amplify it. Give That's credit improv. for it. That's improv. That's there improv. That's it, man. I mean, but see, honestly, when you do it like that, people feel heard, they feel seen, they feel like you're building, because you are building a reality with somebody. Mm-hmm. Every conversation is this ephemeral, it's kind of like music. Co- good conversations are like music. It's this thing that will never happen again unless you have these microphones set up, which is super dope and why it's great. <laughs> But if you have if if you play a note <clears throat> or you say a concept, the first thing you say is the most is, is probably the most one of the most important things. It sets up it starts setting up the base reality. And then if you come here, so if I play a, like a C, and you go ahead and play an F sharp, we're gonna have a problem. Mm-hmm. You it, it, you weren't listening Ancient. to me. We're starting. We're starting off You're with a tritone. You're not listening. All you you could have played an F, or you could have played a G, and it would be so much more interesting. And it, it would be more at least at the beginning of a piece. This is some music theory bullshit. Sorry, it's okay. This doesn't make any sense. I've heard, I've heard uh, metaphors uh, are good. Are good, bro. Are good I've been. I all uh, I do these days is 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 speaking metaphors and. <laughs> Again, just segue into a podcast. So this is even after. This is literally from yesterday. Oh my god, um, I'm so unclear he, all the he, time. No, hearing a podcast, uh, they like studied, studied. I think it's like the art of manliness, which is similar to most other podcasts. They just bring on authors and you know how to confidence or eating or wh- whatever. It's just specific to manhood. But <laughs> a recent one was talking in, was communicating about charisma. And you know what actually is that, or how to have people listen to you, <laughs> was kind of like the the take of this. And it's funny that I listened to that after this this uh, specific meeting that I was po- alluding to. But one of the things he said I, that I just remember, like a specific example, was the power of metaphors and how like great leaders, people who we deem more respect often use more metaphors Mm -hmm. and for some reason psychologically we just we like that Mm -hmm. i don't know because if it takes things in the abstract it makes more relatable Mm -hmm. and the weird data point Mm -hmm. is that presidents who used more metaphors in their first inaugural speech got elected to a second term Mm -hmm. and presidents who use less metaphors didn't get elected to a secretary, which is such an obscure, like, who who sat around and but just that, like... But that gives me hope. Mm, Jimmy Carter used no metaphors. Mm, you know who doesn't use loses. any metaphors? Donald Trump. It's going to be a huge one. Actually, no, she totally does. Crooked Hillary. <laughs> Crooked Hillary. Yeah, metaphor. <laughs> no, I know. I don't know. He he uses fun adjectives. Yeah, I don't know if they're metaphor. I bet he, yeah. he might not know what He hasn't leveled up. Yeah, he hasn't leveled up. He might not know up. what a metaphor is, but, like, man, that word salad... That might be proof that, Bro. you know, it really is how you say it. Oranges, man. It really is how Oranges. you say it, not what you say, Oranges. I guess. Oranges. Bro, I'm going to I'm gonna definitely say that speaking in metaphor, uh, or at least thinking in metaphor, makes writing lyrics much easier. Because <laughs> yesterday I worked from Hub, which meant I just had podcasts on in the background, mm-hmm. and I was listening to Song Exploder. 
I've never heard. See, this, this poor this poor podcast is now just it's devolved into Drew makes a great point, and then I ruin it with a diatribe about a podcast I listen to. So this one, <laughs> I can be I can be more specific on these because they're fresh in my mind. But it was with the group that did closing time. Closing time. Time to do that. So, I'm not familiar. Oh, you'll, you'd recognize it. It's, okay. it's at the end, you know, stadiums are coming down, bars are closing, and that's how they got the idea for the song. Oh. But it's everywhere. It's a meme. It's been around since the 90s. Oh, shit. It's just like a staple. It's a very white song. Oh, <laughs> It's a very white song. Um, you'll, you'll recognize it. See, I don't I don't yeah. do very many white it's things. A very, so. It's a very white song. But it's not like a wedding song. You never play it. But it's, it's everywhere. It's a meme. Uh. People... Weird Al did his own version of it. And it's a one-hit wonder for this group. Turns out he's a great songwriter and he's written for all the big names. Oh. <laughs> like, that's what he's- So he's rich, but he doesn't have to deal with Oh, the yeah, fame. he's super rich. He doesn't oh have to deal with it. He's got one super famous song from his obscure band, One Hit Wonder. And then he's written for that's honestly, Adele. Adele, oh like, God. just like the Isn't list- Isn't that the dream? Yeah, like the list of who it is. And, uh, but, but one of the things he said, what he thought early on, particularly for this song- was that he wanted every line, he, he took it from a poet he loved, but he, he wanted, I can't remember the poet's, uh, I can't remember her name, but for him, he wanted every lyric to have at least two meanings. Mm. That was his goal. So that he figured, he's, it, at least if you can get one, so the, 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 the listener will always get one of the meanings at least oh, and can shit. then enjoy if they get two. Wait, closing so like, time. So like closing time. And so it's about, so where he got the line was like in all these bars, they play all these bar gigs and they're like closing time. And he remembered a line. One of the uh, bartenders would always say when they're yelling to get out. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's like you, you, you can, you know, go, go wherever I can't. Of course, I'm, now I'm going to forget the, the lyric, but, but, but you can't stay here. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like all these metaphors, and of course, it's both talking about literally what's happening and picking and, up chicks, and also, you know, a closing, uh, opening up the doors. You have to leave, moving on in your life. These types of things. Oh, and we we have to we'll play the song. Oh, wait, wait, wait! All these I, white people I, know this song. No, 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 no! Closing time. No, it's like you need oh, to yeah. close it you with this girl that you're talking. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if it's that. You need to close. This song's a little you sadder. need to close her. It was the '90s. It was the '90s. So this is a little sadder song. But w the point is, oh, for yeah. all of these, so you weren't gonna close. I need to. Pick, yeah, it's like, dude, you're not getting close. You're gonna walk away sad. You've got the internet at home. Like, yeah. But um, 1990. Everybody's gonna know you're getting on the internet. Oh, it looks like Jerry's gonna go watch porn again. Yeah. Up uh, uh, a thumbs up. On, oh, she talked to me on AIM chat. Oh, uh, let's get married. <laughs> ASL. <laughs> but 24 I, I, that was kind of nice to hear, think about it, like just to put put it in perspective, to just have some type of tool, something to think about was to always have some circulating mean, meaning behind it. And I mean, look at Kendrick, look at his entire albums, look at Jay-Z. He did a lot of that. Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. You talked to about it recently, but it's a great example of that, where it sounds like it's singing about a girl, but it's about- Oh, Homecoming. There we go. Uh, 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 Kanye West, is double entendre. There, like that's-, that's Common great, has one like that too. I mean, that's a, that's a very normal trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trope, but it's yeah. a great, these are just great examples of just where you, the first listen, you can enjoy it. Yeah. And the second listen and the third listen there, because there's yeah. more depth to it. And mm -hmm. not every song needs it. Look at Nirvana. Some of that stuff doesn't make any sense. Look at David Bowie. Some great lyrics, some really thoughtful lyrics. And then other ones were auto-generated by early computers. No, where it's just yeah. word salad. But you enjoy it. Um, <laughs> now that I've yeah, I've fully taken this. Google, yeah, just Google write my song for me. Google write my honestly, song for me.com. Honestly, I think I need to do that more for just idea generation. Just have just a random concept and just go with it. Especially when it comes to uh, workflow for like writing songs without motivation or inspiration. I usually mm -hmm. wait till inspiration hits me. And, and that's never just not does. how. And it's in the shower or when I'm in the car or uh, when I'm on a podcast. So it's never a convenient time. Shower's a big time yeah. for me. And I think I've actually made it worse because now I listen to podcasts a bunch in the shower. Oh, no. And I think that's a problem because that used to just be my unfettered creative time. 
Well, what you need <laughs> creative with that, your lathering techniques. Yeah. I think the reason why, and this is, the, we talked about it briefly, but the reason why the shower is a great place for idea generation is because you're not doing anything. You're not thinking. You're not thinking. We, we, we don't you're turn free. our brains off. We don't turn our brains off. That is off. the downtime if we look at all these old composers, these old artists, these old creatives, and we look at their schedule, they're just hours of walking. And then drinking, hanging out, they're not really working that no. hard. <laughs> they go, to, the, to, they go to their cabin in the hills. Yeah, and they're months. out there. Beethoven, Strauss, Mahler, all of them are just walking around. A couple of bumps. But what they're doing is, like, they don't have a phone or yeah. newspaper or yeah. book. Yeah. They're just walking. And then that's probably how they come up with everything. Um, 100% that's how they come up with everything. And I, I, I think it. the shower is one of our few moments of downtime until now that we have high-quality iPhones and speakers and all these other things. Um, wanna, yeah. wanna, so, so Shiloh has, has informed me that it is time for us to go on unfettered creative walking yes. so that he can poop and I can pick it up in a bag. Oh, yeah, as you do. Um, thanks again. Thanks for everyone. listening, this guys. Is great. Super, super dope. I like how he just gives us a time limit. We're like, okay, I guess it's done. Guess yeah, the show's yeah. it's, over. It's like, I was like, oh, we're about to have a continue a great conversation. And then he's like whining at my door, and I'm like, he's gonna he's gonna poop on my lawn. But but we're we're gonna we're gonna bring. We hope you like this length of episode. We're gonna try a couple of different formats, but uh, let us know. Hit us in the in the in the reviews. Uh, whether you like, it, give us five stars, uh, and or give we, us five stars. Or do both. Do all of the above. And uh, if you don't, we're going to take a chew toy from your local dog and we're going we're gonna to hide it and keep, keep it for ourselves. So, <laughs> All right. Peace out, everybody. Peace out.